Hello and welcome to According to John. We're going to finish up this week on What's Up with Israel. We have the the birth of Israel, and then this week is the rebirth of Israel, which is probably just as important, if not more important, for us today. Well, it's God working out his plan, and we just happen to be living in the day that we get to see it. Amen. Yeah, so I am your host, John Westfall. This is my guest, Pastor Duke Herget, uh, and a reminder that uh, he is working on putting a, a, a podcast together. So make sure that you uh, 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 keep your eye on that. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there, going to kind of throw you out there way before your time. But uh, this way, people can write it down. Write this down, PastorDuke.com, PastorDuke.com, and periodically check that if you are interested in about two months. Uh, hopefully he'll have his podcast up and you'll find everything about him on uh, pastorduke.com. You'll find his calendar if you want him to come speak for you. You will find uh, his podcast on there. You will also find his uh, videos on there. He'll be putting them up on YouTube as well. And, uh, and so uh, hopefully in about two months, just a little something, a plug for you. It kind of puts you under the gun and forces you to get it going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm stealing all kind of ideas from you here, Pastor John, and I appreciate the, the input. I've been having people for uh, years asking me to do this, and now with uh, COVID shutdown, I'm not out on the road like I was. And right. uh, there's a fire burning in my heart, and i got to get it out, and this is a way to do it. So I really appreciate your input. Yeah for me. And in the meantime, we can have fun. And in the meantime, we can, uh, we can teach the word of God together. Amen. Yeah. So, so that was the other thing. Uh, I'm going to ask him, uh, Duke publicly, uh, as you are getting ready to do that podcast, I can keep having you on this podcast, uh, so that you can continue to learn and figure it all out and, and you'll help my ratings. <laughs> and it all started here. It all started in East Greenbush, right, New York. Right here, baby. Hey, hey, Think hey. about it. 14 years ago, started a church here yeah. that, uh, that you had prayed for, for how many years? When I came here, uh, 1978, we had three circles on the map of the capital region, uh, Clifton Park, Half Moon, uh, East Greenbush and Gilderland. Mm. And over the course of these 42 years, we've been able to have a hand in helping birth churches in all, all three of those Amen. circles. Well, I, I don't know if you if you know this, uh, and, and you might. So we used to have, uh, there, were, there were some other gospel preaching churches in the area, you know, um, uh, some of them not as, not as hard on truth, you know, some of them uh, uh, various levels of, of, intensity. I don't know that anybody can get more intense than me. I can't help it. At any rate, um, but we are now in East Greenbush. Now, listen, I get it. There's there's towns connecting to us, Rensselaer, North Greenbush, Skodak, so on and so forth. You know, they all connect. Um, but uh, we, had a, we had a couple churches move out or, or close up since COVID. I think... I'm almost positive of this. We are the only gospel preaching church left in in the town of East Greenbush. Yeah, I think you're right. It's that's sad, but uh, hey, we win. We win. Uh, yeah, we win. And 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 here's the other thing: I have no plans on going anywhere. 
I, I have no plans on going anywhere. That's not true, John. I'm taking you to lunch in about an hour. So. Yeah, we're in. Okay. So that was the show today. We're <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, let's uh, let's get to it. Have a word of prayer, and then we will get started Amen. Uh, in um, uh, picking up from uh, Christmas to today, right? Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and love you. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for the podcast and opportunity to just reach out to the multitude. Father, to reach those that we would never reach uh, right here. So I just ask that you would bless this hour, that you would bless our time together. Father, that you would help us to see your word, to see truth, to see how it applies, Father. That it will open our eyes to see what the rebirth of Israel brings for us. Because, Father, we truly understand that the rebirth of Israel completely impacts uh, America and everybody in the world. Father, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, brother. So I think, excuse me, I think we're going to be, uh, well, hey, you just kick it off, man. Go ahead. Well, last week we looked at the the miraculous birth of, of Israel, the, the uh, call of Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, make of you great and mighty nation. What nation has ever impacted the world like the nation of Israel? Little, little a nation the size of New Jersey on the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, don't really have much of a deep water seaport. Uh, it was wasteland when the nation re, rebirthed in 1948. Uh, half the land is still barren to this day, the Judean wilderness, the Dead Sea which they thought was the most worthless piece of real estate on the planet, turns out to be the most valuable piece mm -hmm. of real estate so, on the planet. So uh, Sherry and I went there a few years ago. And, of course, we go out into the, into the Dead Sea. And, uh, you know, you float and so on and so forth. Uh, I don't know. We hung out there for about 30 minutes. We just kind of hung out in the Dead Sea. And when we came out, dude, I was like, baby bottom smooth <laughs> that's supposed to stand more than 10 minutes john uh, that could have explained the other problem that i had <laughs> uh, yeah. it was what nation was, the bible says what nation is like that just a just an observation without extra biblical observation you know you can go up in the north on mount Hermon. is it really 10 minutes Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> you go up on mount Hermon or herman in the, in the north and go uh snow skiing it goes up to an altitude of 8,300 feet. Then you can drive down to the base of the hill. Uh, you're at the Sea of Galilee and go swimming. It'd be 75 degrees into Sea of Galilee. There's no land like it. Uh, the Dead Sea, the lowest area of, of the planet, uh, 1,273 feet below sea level. Uh, just an incredible, incredible land. God said, I'll take you a land that flows with milk and honey. It's the only nation in the Middle East that uh, still uh, that produces its own food and exports food to other, other parts of the world. Their dates are amazing. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. No, no land quite like it. So good. But last week we looked at the supernatural birth of the nation, call of Abraham, I, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob, the 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. They're uh, going to Egypt under uh, Joseph, and then their ultimate 400 years later, their exodus from slavery in Egypt. Joshua leads them into their land, appear to the 12 judges, turning away from God. Judgment comes. God lifts up a judge. They repent. They turn back to God. Round and round they go. We want to have a king. They got their own king, David, uh, uh, Saul, David, and Solomon, the united uh, monarchy. Solomon builds the temple. Uh 
the kingdom divides under Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, but God had made the promise that from the seed of David, all uh, the Messiah will come of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Judah, of the lineage of King David. So the nation turns uh, apostatizes, turns away from God, but uh, and God put them. Uh, Judah fell to Babylonian captivity, and there's no king sitting on the throne of Judah or the king of Israel. But there's a rightful heir to the king. You get into all these genealogies, mm-hmm. so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and it's, it, it boggles our mind because we're not used to all those Hebrew names. But there's an importance there. Amen. God's going to tie all of that together. Judah has fallen. There is no king seated, but there is a rightful heir. You get to the first chapter of, uh, uh, of Matthew, you have that genealogy of the, of the who. Yeah, and, and the interesting part about the genealogy in Matthew and in Luke, Luke, Luke gives it with uh, 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 Mary. Um, Joseph is in the genealogy as well, even though Joseph is is the stepfather of Jesus. But you find him in the genealogy, and I think my personal opinion, but you helped me out with this one. I think that's just to remove all doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you but know? it was a specific promise. <clears throat> kept to the letter, mm-hmm. specific prophecy fulfilled to the letter. So all these parts of the Bible that seem to be mysterious to us, so-and-so, we got so-and-so, and on and on and on it goes, and yet it's really important. It's a prophecy fulfilled. Uh, it's God doing uh, right in our face exactly what he said he would do. So we have the fullness of time come. Uh, it had been 400 years since our last prophet. We have the birth of Jesus. And we have the wise men coming from uh, from the east under the influence of Daniel, who had been back in Persia. And uh, King Herod uh, uh, gets wind that there's one born king of the Jews. Wait a uh, minute, I'm king of the Jews. So King Herod is uh, angry. He's scared of a little baby. Satan uh, <laughs> declares war on baby uh, Jewish boys two years old and under. And uh, that was also prophesied that uh, the the weeping in Rama, and that was another prophecy being fulfilled. But Joseph is tipped off by the angel to 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 flee to Egypt, which would fill another prophecy. My son will be born in Bethlehem, Cha-ching. He will come out of Egypt, Cha-ching, and he will be called a Nazarene. They would settle, and Christ child would be raised in Nazareth from about. Um, around age about five to six when they moved back up to Nazareth. So is it not mind-boggling that all this is predicted 2,000 years before it ever happens? That's the thing, man. And and, and literally 2,000 years, which means every and any generation that was alive when it was predicted is gone. And yet it is fulfilled to the letter. Yep. It's a, it's a one and done thing. He, he said it. There's no time with God. 2,000 years past, it happens. So the Christ child is here. What's Satan going to try, try to do? Kill him. Kill him. From the very start. Mm-hmm. But I love it. 13 times I read in the Gospel of John where they tried to kill Jesus. <laughs> and it says he just walked right through the midst of them. Uh, yeah. It's like they got the rocks already to cast a rock at him, but the rock just couldn't get out. And Jesus was found say. My my hour has not yet come. <laughs> he was in sovereign control of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. he he at age twelve he confounds the scholars with his wisdom. At age thirty, the age of maturity, kind of followed the social uh, customs of of their well, day. Well, the custom 
of the day is for the for the Jews, you're not a you're not a man or an adult until you're thirty. So he couldn't start his real ministry until he was thirty because by Jewish customs nobody would listen to him. That's right. That's right. And so he he waited. <laughs> And then time came. He was 30. He begins his ministry, John the Baptist, Jesus, and all the wonderful, the gospel stories and the miracles that he did. Then it came time. He said, mine hour has come. And he goes to the cross. He suffers. He bleeds. He dies. And um, he rises again the third day. And uh, he said, so did that? He comes. Yes. He goes to the cross. He rises the third day. Yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I hear that dude, literally my my heart and my emotions go with that. Sink and then soar. It, every time. And you would think you would get over it, but, man. Every we, time at the Lord's table, it sinks. Yeah. He rises. It soars. Now, just days before the crucifixion, he's on the Mount of Olives. That's this uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um no, not the sermon, the Olivet Discourse. Right. And he zooms in on a fantastic prophecy uh, about the nation. He, he is the Messiah from the Jewish nation. God's not done with the Jewish nation when the Messiah comes. He still loves the Jewish people. Right. right. And uh, in Luke 21, 24, Jesus gives four prophecies. That's interesting. A verse or so before that, he gives a fifth prophecy. They're down in the temple just prior to this. And he, he see this temple's magnificent, one of the wonders of the world. And he says, not one stone will be left lying upon another. It's kind of a negative message. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's what he said, <clears throat> not one stone. I, I visit a lot of ruins around the world, Roman Forum and things like that. And you've got a lot of stones still lying on another, uh, the Parthenon and, and et, et cetera. Not one stone. So he makes that prophecy. The temple's coming down. Then up on the Mount of uh, Olivet, uh, Olives, he gives the Olivet Discourse, and he says about the Jewish people four prophecies, one verse, Luke 21, 24, and they, the Jewish people, shall fall by the edge of the sword, prophecy number one. Or we might say number two because the rock the temple's the rock coming the, down. Yeah, right. temple's come, so we'll call that number two. Uh, they will be led, the Jews will be led away captive into all nations. Number three, Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles or taken over by the Gentiles. And number four, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. We want to focus on that. It's just, it's going to be mind boggling. And, so, and, and just real quick to remind people, excuse me, that um, the Gentiles is anybody that's not a Jew. Right. <laughs> I mean, because uh, last week we talked about the Abrahamic covenant. And when Abraham came on the scene, that literally was the beginning of a nation, the Jews. And so Abraham was the beginning of the Jews and that separated the people. If you will, there was your divide. Uh, the Jews began at, uh, at the promise of Abraham and the Gentiles have always been. Yep. The Gentiles are all the rest of us. They're the rest of it. <laughs> Thank God. He, he loves us all. Amen. So Jesus is making these, um, prophecies these promises and it's not politically correct at all it's it's negative it's you know wait we're, we're speaking down to your nation 
he's God. He loves them, but these, these are realities. They're outside of God's boundaries of protection. They're going to crucify him in a few days. Uh, they reject their Messiah. He came into his own. His own received him not. But as many as did receive him to them, to us who believe. Became the sons of God. Yeah, and power is given us to, to, to change our lives. So just, I like to kind of make this personal. You're, you're, you're a Jew. You're, at the, you're living there, contemporary of Jesus, and you hear all these miracles that he's done, and people adore him, and people hate him, and you don't, you don't know where to stand on Jesus. And so you're kind of looking for him, and he comes, and you don't want to really want to be look like one of his disciples, but you're really interested. Uh, these people are ready to die for him. He's done all right. these miracles. It's true. If he has his power, I, I want to know it. I want to be, I'll follow him too, but just picture yourself as one who doesn't quite know really where to stand with Jesus, kind of like millions of people today. And I mean, we know he changed the history of the world. We measure our time from Jesus. Um, so he's eavesdropping. He hears Jesus say this. And he's like, whoa, you're way out on a limb here, uh, Jesus. Uh, he was always out on a limb. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> he always thought. And he, he's listening to man? these five prophecies, the temple coming down negative. You're not going to. Uh, make friends and and win and make influence, you know, get more influence by speaking negative like this. The temple's coming down. The Jews are going to fall by the sword, and uh, captive into all nations. That's interesting. Camp there for just a moment. There's been lots of wars, and many nations have fallen to other nations. That's, but this is different. When a conquering nation conquers another nation, they do it for a reason. Love of money is the root of all evil. So they want to. And, and when they conquer, they own. Yeah, they own. You would never conquer a nation and let them scatter. Right. You've paid the price to conquer them. What's, you want them to be your slave laborers. But Jesus is way out on a limb here. And he says something that's never happened before in the history of the world. It has never happened since. But they would be let, they would be led away captive into all the world, the wandering Jew. And then Jerusalem taken over by the Gentiles. The Romans were there, but the Jews still had the Sanhedrin. They were still self-governing under right. Roman tutelage. They were still in town. Uh, so they were still in the land. They were still in the holy city. And when Jesus says they're going to be trampled by the Gentiles, that would be like me saying the Pollocks are going to take Washington, D.C. Right. So he's listening to Jesus say this. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> are you sure? This is a prophecy, and if it doesn't happen, you're a false prophet. Right. And then, then the part Where that really— Where did you come up with <laughs> John, I killed a lot of brain cells in 69, you know that. Give me some space here, dude. <laughs> I'm like, of all people, Pollocks. All right, go ahead. Okay, the Hungarians will yeah, take Hung over. <laughs> That's my people. Uh, uh, but here's the part that sorry, really that gets excited. That was funny. Go ahead. Okay, here, back to the scriptures. Yeah. Until the time the Gentiles be fulfilled, Jesus is saying the Jews are going to be— taken from the land and they're in the in the fullness of time they are coming home so this guy's eavesdrop he's listening to this it doesn't make any sense a few days later they kill him he's dead and here's what um, so amazes me this thrills my soul those who hated jesus on the roman side uh, caiaphas excuse me on the roman side herod Pilate. uh on the jewish side caiaphas Herod, the fat Sadducees, they hated him. And yet their rejection of Jesus, they only fulfilled the promise Amen. of Jesus. Yeah, they, they helped it come through. And the same thing's happening today. We can get all upset about what's happening in the world scene and, you know, Putin and the little fat rocket man in South Korea and, <laughs> and you know, and the pres our president and who it was and who it'll be next time. 
God holds in his hand the hearts of kings. And those that are in rejection of Christ today are only fulfilling <laughs> the prophecies. Amen. I'm sorry. I was stuck on a little fat rocket, man. <laughs> you know, Kim Jong-un from... Uh, oh, I know who you're talking okay. about. I know exactly who you're talking sorry, about. I'm just, Give me some space I'm just here, stuck you know? on... I'm saved, but I'm not sanctified. I know, know? right? you knew who I was talking about. Oh, I was there? You, you know who yeah, I'm talking yeah. about here. Yeah, everybody you know? knows. It's just a little fat rocket. But isn't that cool? Those who were rejecting Jesus were only fulfilling the promise of Jesus. Amen. He's got yeah. this thing. Yeah. He's on the throne. Yeah. He holds in his hand the heart of kings. So here's where we're going to start looking through the watch the nation of Israel through history. This guy's watching. He hears Jesus say this. He's not ready to commit to Jesus because he'd be persecuted. Right. But he, he'll never forget hearing what Jesus said. So three days later, they a few days later, they kill him. Three days later, he rises. He rises. But he's not, with with over five hundred witnesses, yeah. and he rises, and so now it's like, whoa! So the Jewish Jesus problem isn't over. Now he's got this, these his followers are turning the world upside down, and the and the Jews are persecuting the Jesus followers in the city of Jerusalem. They're being forced to scatter all over the earth. So now we fast forward uh, to the year fifty A.D., and none of these prophecies were fulfilled. The Jews are still there, the temple's still up. Uh, the uh, the Gentiles aren't running the show. 60 AD, none of this happened. Now he's an old man. He heard Jesus say this like 60 years ago, 70 AD. Guess what? Mm -hmm. Emperor Nero has uh, military general Titus go down to beat up the Egyptians on their way home. They, they run up to Jerusalem. Guess what? These prophecies are fulfilled to the letter. 70 AD. The fall of Jerusalem. Jesus said the Jews will fall by the edge of the sword. Ching. They'll be led away captive into all nations. That had never happened. It happened. But only to the Jewish people. Fall by the edge of the sword. Jerusalem was taken out. The Jews were driven completely out of Jerusalem. Well, it was a, a, a remnant, but they are they have no voice now. And just think of the fellow who heard Jesus say this, and now he sees it. Wow. Well, Whoa. let me let me ask you this: on the uh, on the seventy A.D. Um, seven number of God, number of God. Oh, and I'm sure it's a co-winky dink, Johnny. Now think about it. God says this is all going to happen, and then number seven is the number of God. Uh, completeness and God fulfills everything he said would happen. And just think of that guy that witnessed that. And uh, then he sees it happen, just like Jesus said. I think he became a believer. The reason I bring that up and try to dramatize it is this same Jesus gave us prophecies. He saw four of those prophecies fulfilled, you and I, and all of us who are living today, we can see the last part of that prophecy fulfilled right before our eyes. Show me a miracle, and I'll believe. I'm showing you a miracle here. The Jews are driven out uh, of Jerusalem, and uh, they're, they're the wandering Jew now. Hosea prophesied that the Jews would wander for two days, and a day was representative of a 1,000 years. For 2,000 years, we call it the diaspora, diaspora, however you pronounce that. And the Jews were wondering, think of a, a people group who have no homeland. 
that can remain a distinct biological genetic uh, people group without a homeland. I tell people I'm Hungarian. I'm like 25% Hungarian. I'm a mixture. I did, I did my ancestry. You were a mutt. I was a mutt. I knew yeah. I was a mutt, but I thought I had more Hungarian blood in me than what I was. A little bit disappointed. Hagar, the horrible guy that I really thought so, I was. So what, what is your mix? Well, oh, I've got, I got 4% Swedish. All my friends from Sweden were thrilled to hear that. I got some Irish in me, a little Scottish, you know, uh-huh. like I'm a mess. Yeah. But, Think about that. That's a miracle. It's a sociological miracle that the Jewish people could remain a biologically distinct people group for 2,000 years without their own homeland. So, and, and the fact that no, there's no other nation ever that came back to become a nation again. Yeah, that, and the language died. The Hebrew language was, had died, except for in the clergy, if we would please. In the synagogues, they would speak Hebrew, but the people didn't speak Hebrew. Right. It was kind of like the prayer language, kind of like Catholicism would use um, Latin. And so the language was basically dead. And another prophet, I think it was Zephaniah chapter 2, prophesied the rebirth of the, of the language of the Jewish people. The Hebrew language died, and that also revived with the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. I have some really exciting little historical things to, to throw at you now. You ready to go here, John? I'm Johnny? ready to go. Here we go. They're out of the land, uh, but God's not done with the Jewish people. He promised to bring them home. So the centuries are, are passing. And now God is working through the church to present the knowledge of the gospel of Christ to the world through his church. But there comes a time, the rapture of the church, uh, where the, uh, God will take the church home. We talked about that in our pre- some of our previous podcasts. Jesus will come to take his church home, and then God resumes his uh, plan for the Jewish people. This all comes from Daniel chapter 9. Um, but I want to focus in on the, the miracle, show me the miracle of the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. They're out of the land. They're going to be out of the land, according to prophecy, for nearly 2,000 years. Their language dies, but Jesus said, I'm going to bring them home. Amen. And it's the year, we fast forward to the year 1897. Uh, we have the birth of the first Zionist Congress. Jewish people praying for the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. They always longed to return, to return to their land. And they were praying uh, to, to return to their land. And uh, Yeah, because they, they believe the scriptures. Yeah, they, they're coming home. It, it's prophesied in the New Testament. It's prophesied dozens of times in the Old Testament. And so they believe that, and they want to come home. But they need a miracle. You know, the world hates them. The Jews are blamed for a lot of things. Not that they were a perfect people. We've established that in earlier podcasts. But they're still God's chosen people. And God said, I'm going to drive them out of their land. I'm going to let their language die. I'm going to bring them home. Amen. And so then we fast forward to the year uh, 1917, World War One. The uh, Germany has a naval blockade around um, South Africa, to stop the flow of nitrates. England needed the nitrates to make gunpowder to carry on the, gun, uh, the, the war machine. And so the Germans strategically have a blo- naval blockade to stop that. <laughs> there was a Jewish scientist who named uh, Chaim Weissman who uh, discovered a way to extract nitrates from the air through filters and fans. And, and now England has a free local <laughs> source of nitrates. <laughs> the British Parliament calls in Chaim Weissman and say, and, and say to him, how can we say thanks? And Chaim Weissman just happened to be a Zionist Jew. Jew. 
And two, uh, two weeks prior to this invitation to Parliament, England had taken control of Palestine, which had been held by the Ottoman Empire under the Turks for 400 years. And two weeks after they fall, uh, the Ottoman Empire falls and England is in control. Chaim Weissman is coming forward. And they say, how can we say thanks? His request, open Israel to Jewish immigration. This is November 1917, and the British Parliament signs the Belfour Declaration. Belfour Declaration. Google it up. And for the first time uh, since 70 AD, the Jews have legal right to start heading back to their land. Wow. Uh, we'll call that conception. The first boatloads of Jews arrived January 1st, 1918. 1918. Just keep that in mind. We're going to circle back to that in a moment. The Jews are, are coming home. Now, uh, Germany has the naval blockade out there uh, around South Africa completely in vain. And then, you know, the story America gets involved and the Allies win World War One, And then, you know, they call that the war to end all wars, but it didn't end all wars, did it? Uh, no. Barely had the dust settled from World War One, And so we have World War II. II. And now some focus is really coming together concerning the Jewish people. Uh, there was a madman, I believe demon-possessed, called Adolf Hitler, who just happened to have a... Do you, a, a, you think oh, he's demon? Uh, maybe a little bit? I think so. I think so. I would and agree. Those who would be demon-possessed, what people group are they going to hate among, the most among all the people groups of the world? God's. The Jewish people. God's people. And so Hitler has this anti-Semitism going on, we call the Holocaust, and he's able to kill six out of the seven million Jews, uh, biological Jews, on planet Earth. And the rest of the nations didn't even sort of realize uh, what was going on until right at the end of the war when uh, Patton and the Allies were able to visit the the Jewish uh, Holocaust uh, camps. Uh, can't think of the word. Uh, help me with it. The the camps where the Jews were yeah, held. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Concentration, Concentration camps. Concentration camps. Right. And the world was horrified. Now you know what Satan means for evil. Sometimes God can use for good. For good. Six of the seven million Jews uh, are are, but, are gone. But well, it's still a struggle. Excuse me. It's still a struggle. To think about uh, God allowing six million Jews to die. I, I, listen, God's in control. God loves us. God knows what's going on. Um, uh, six million Jews gone. And, and then, you know, we have to wonder why. And I'm just going to throw in my two cents in this. <clears throat> I think back about um, the wilderness, and, and all of them go to, to the land of Canaan. God says, listen, you know, go in and take it. So that, so the spies go in, 12 spies go in, they come out and 10 of them are like, nope, nope, nope. We can't do this. We can't do this. And God says, Hey, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let you wander around in the wilderness until all you, uh, uh, non-believers and don't trust me. You don't have faith. When, when that generation dies off, uh, then, uh, those who are 20 and younger will take them in because. They'll believe they'll, they're going to, they're going to follow through with, with what God's plans are. And so I wonder, and, and, and it's speculation, man, if I'm wrong, you help me out with this. I'm wondering if, uh, um, that is not why God allowed, uh, the 6 million to die 
uh, because what would they have gotten in the way? You know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, man, that's not, I don't know how you can say it, that it doesn't sound bad, but, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, and, I, and it is speculation. That's I, all. I would back up uh, a little bit before that part of the argument, that part of the speculation. Uh, these are, are God's people that are outside of God's boundaries or protection. And I like to think um, many of these Jews who died during the Holocaust heard the gospel of Jesus, yes. the Messiah. Yes. And I can't prove this. Nobody can prove me wrong. But uh, when people's backs are against the wall, they're looking up, and they realize that we, they knew they were God's chosen right. people. Right. They know that they were being persecuted. They, Anti-Semitism wasn't birthed under Hitler. Right. It just climaxed under Hitler. And so... Satan killed those people. Absolutely. Not God. But God doesn't always intervene. God lets humanity do its dark things many times. And that certainly happened under the Holocaust. Now we, you know, we have this promise of Jesus still standing uh, for those five prophecies that we looked at had happened in 70 AD temple down, Jew scattered, Jerusalem falls, uh, Gentiles are in control. But we come up to the last one now until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And so the Holocaust happens. The, the allies find out about what, what happened there. And for the first time maybe ever, the sentiment of the world kind of softened towards the Jewish people there for um, mm. a, a, season. Moment, a season, a, a season. short season. Yeah. And the United Nations, the League of Nations, they come together and uh, they, and uh, the Jews had been regathering since 1918. They had been going back to their land. They were they had the right to return to the land. They weren't. They, it was occupied by England. It was controlled by England. It wasn't a Jewish nation, but the sure. Jews. There were many Jewish people there, and um, uh, the promise of Jesus kicks in. The world sentiment softened, and there's an effort to rebirth the modern state of Israel and revive the Jewish language. Um, the president uh, at the time, Harry Truman, uh, Roosevelt had died in office. Truman uh, is the president. Uh, the war ends. And uh, it, the nation is trying to be rebirthed. They needed recognition from America. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harry Truman, prior to his political career, had an unsuccessful haberdashery in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, uh, men's shop, and uh, failed uh, business. His partner just happened to be a Jew, a Zionist who had returned to Israel. And in this time, his old buddy, Harry Truman, is now president right. of the United States of America. Had a fairly successful political career. The haberdashery failed, but now he's president. He flies back to America. He gets audience in the Oval Office, gets on his knees, crawls across the Oval Office, and begs Harry Truman to recognize Israel among the nations of the world. And Harry Truman couldn't say no. Goosebumps, baby. Uh, it's a dink Pastor John. It's a dink And God is moving among the nations. And he, against political expediency, he can't say no to his friend, and he recognizes Israel. And without America's recognition, it probably never would have happened. And, and, and that's, you know, America may not be in in the end times, but man, we were, uh, and, and I think, I only bring this up because right now America is in such a struggle, but America has 
been amazing in bringing societies, and I mean, I'm talking all over the, the globe, uh, to a certain morality, to a certain, um, I mean, <clears throat> America has been influential, however you want to look at it, in a, in a, but, a, but in a positive way. You know, when we, when we uh, went over to Japan after Pearl Harbor, uh, we, we conquered Japan. It was our right, our land. We had every right in the world to take that land. We didn't. Uh, uh, and then we paid to rebuild it. And then we paid to rebuild it. And, and, and they love us today for that. And that happened all over the world. Yeah, every man. place that we won, we, we, just wanted to, we just wanted civilization to be civil is what we wanted. And so then here we are. The ultimate, the, the ultimate influence in the world is putting Israel back in position. And America, under Truman, blessed the Jewish people. And um, America entered into an unprecedented time of rebirth and, and growth and prosperity because we bless the Jew. Whatever, listen. Whatever you do uh, uh, with Abraham, will be done unto you. However you deal with Abraham, will be done unto you. Yeah. And we blessed Israel, and God blessed America in unprecedented ways. And now we take and we we want to remove God from everything. We spit in the face of God, and we have people who want to stand against. Israel and uh, and I know you're going to get there but the importance of standing with and for and not just standing with and for but fighting for Israel because if we want God to bless us we better never go against Israel it's a law that governs the universe throughout all of history America blessed Israel and America was blessed so against all odds the nation is reborn immediately there mm. there's war uh declared on them by uh seven different arab nations muslim nations who hate the jewish people uh, from ishmael all the way till all the way till today but the god said and, said, and they don't even know why they hate them well they might give some reasons but, but <laughs> it I goes mean, back it goes back and it, they've always they always have that's what i'm saying like it just goes back and, and but but the reality is uh, they, and, and I guess that's what I mean by they don't know why they hate them. Uh, if you go all the way back to the beginning, they just hate, they just hated to hate in the beginning because God blessed them. Jealousy, yeah. fighting over the same land and then back and forth at Bills and McCoys. There's just been just yeah. skirmishes. But I think it started history. with jealousy, I guess is what I was getting to. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But here we have the nation reborn, uh, 1948. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 3, God said, When he brings them home, all the nations of the world that fight against Israel shall be cut to pieces. If we were betting men, it's 1948, and we saw 327,000 Zionist Jews back in the land being attacked by 100 million Arabs, we say, they don't have a chance. You see, show me a miracle, and I believe. And guess what? They won. Amen. And uh, when I was in Bible college, I did uh, some s serious study on the wars. And I want to kind of close out uh, uh, today with a story uh, about the war uh, in, in the 67 war when the Jews retook Jerusalem. You see, Jesus said in the text we looked at earlier, the Jews would retake Jerusalem. 
They took the land in 1948, but Jerusalem was still held by the Arabs. Uh, Modern-day Jordan, right. it was King Hussein, not Saddam Hussein, but King Hussein of Jordan. And Jerusalem was a Jordanian city. The West Bank was held by the Jordanians. The uh, Palestinian people have never been a people group. They've never had a nation. They were part of uh, just a part of the uh, Jordan as after World War One, the nations were realigned and reassessed. We have the, the birth of a modern state of Jordan at that time as well. So now we fast forward to 1967. I'm a 13-year-old boy. I don't know anything about the Bible. And there was a, a war in the Middle East. I remember watching on television Walter Cronkite. <laughs> and uh, uh, That's my, going back. Yeah, my yeah. mama would um, uh, tell me that, this has to do with the book of Revelation. My mom didn't know Jesus in those days. She didn't know the scriptures very well. She she came to Christ, and you'll meet her one day in heaven. She's a lovely, Amen. lovely lady. So there's a war. Uh, seven Arab nations declare war on the Jewish people, and the Jews were ready. They have a readiness in their military because their nation at that time was only 10 miles wide from the Mediterranean Sea over to, over to uh, Jerusalem. And so there they are uh, <laughs> being attacked from uh, the north, from uh, Jordan in the, uh, in the east, heading west, and East Egypt from the south, and Syria from the northeast. And, and, and if you were betting, you'd say, there's, there's no way. But the Jews had a preparedness. Within 60 seconds, every Jewish plane is in the sky. They fly in <laughs> under the radar. Normally, you went higher, faster, higher, faster. The Jews went in under the radar. Right. And you, they say, you can't drop bombs from an altitude of 50 feet. The percussion from the bombs will blow the planes out of the air. True. But the Jews made bed sheets, took bed sheets and put them as made parachutes on their bombs. They flew in under the radar. <laughs> they wiped out 90% of the Arab Air Force on the ground. And the 10% that didn't get destroyed couldn't get in the air because they dropped cluster bombs on the airstrips. And within three hours, or I think six hours, Israel had complete dominion of the sky. And if the Arabs would have been... Wise, the war would have been over in six hours. The six, the miracle six hour war, which later became known as the the miracle six day they, war. Yeah. They had such massive uh, uh, over or strength uh, mastery on the ground uh, attack, the the tanks, and just the military uh, activity on the ground. So the Jews, uh, uh, the Arabs didn't give up, and so Israel has control command of the sky and uh the, the arabs don't give up and uh there's a miracle that happens in the north uh the tank commander in the north so so i didn't know about i, I know about the tanks which i you're going to keep sharing i did not know about the sheets the bed sheet bombs i didn't know about the bed sheet bombs and they flew in and um it's the Ellie Cohen story, a, a famous Jewish spy, Ellie Cohen, disguised himself as a furniture tycoon out of Argentina, had gone to Damascus, became friends with all the top brass in the, in the uh, Syrian army, was personally led on the military installations on the Golan Heights. He told them, you guys, you guys are crazy. You're, you're merciless. You have no shade for your troops up here. It's hot up there on the Golan Heights. Yeah, yeah. And they said, well, nothing will grow up here. And he said, yeah, the Jews brought in eucalyptus trees from Australia. They grow fine. They said, good idea. They planted eucalyptus trees on the, all their military installations. They grow very fast. And when the war breaks out, Ellie Cohen wires Tel Aviv and says, bomb the eucalyptus trees. <laughs> the Jews fly in under the radar. 
uh, uh, which had never happened <laughs> That's before. Brilliant. They drop bedsheet bombs. They wipe out all the Syrian military operations on the Golan Heights. I'm sure all of this is coinkydink. Or perhaps it's God keeping his promise that he made to Zechariah. Though all the world fight against you, they're going to be cut to pieces. And that's what happened. So jump to the tanks. So now there's two tank wars. There's one in the north in Galilee against Syria. There's one in the south in, uh, in uh, Sinai with Egypt. We'll look at the, one, the, the lesser miracle first okay. and the greater miracle last. We'll wrap up today's podcast because show me a miracle and I'll believe. I'm going to yeah. show you some miracles, baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, the tank commander protecting Israel from the 2,600 Syrian tanks coming down. It's only four-hour drive in a tank from from the Golan Heights down to Jerusalem. And they have 26 Israeli tanks against 2,600 Syrian tanks. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's no way. Right, but right, right, there's right, a great guy. Repeat the numbers. 2,600 to 26. Exactly. 100 to 1. 101. Down in the south, the Jews have uh, 2,500 tanks yeah. against 5,500 Egyptian tanks. So it's all, it's the Jews, Egyptians got it better than 2 to 1, but it's 100 to 1 in uh, the Galilee at, at the Golan. But the greater miracle is not going to happen in the Golan. It's going to happen in, 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 I'll get there in a minute. Miracle, minor miracle first. The tank commander, I got 26 tanks to defend against 2,600. He prayed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. And said, you're the same God. You brought us to the land supernaturally. We need you. And a crazy thought comes to his head. He, he, and he prayed that this Soviet Union would intercept the communications. He was a tank commander. He began to speak to each of his 26 tanks as though they were a commander of a battalion of 100 tanks. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Private Moshe gets on the radio communication. Uh, uh, Private Moshe is called Commander Moshe. It was unscripted, and they picked up on it. Yeah, yeah, take your tanks uh, and, and head north three degrees and, you know, and proceed one kilometer and wait. And those communications were uh, re- intercepted by the Soviets. Russia, uh, Moscow wires um, Damascus and says, stop. <laughs> Somehow the Jews got their 2,500 tanks from uh, the Sinai back up here. And they accused America of intervening. Right. It didn't happen. They fell for the ploy. And he remembered that ancient story of Gideon. This is what sparked it. Yeah. Gideon has... Uh, what was it like? Twenty six thousand troops to face a hundred thousand. God said, "You have had, too many." Yeah, ten thousand. He had to, he had to go from ten thousand to three hundred. Well, they went first. He said, "Everybody's scared to go home." Then they went to ten thousand. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm then sorry. he said, "Tell everybody to go get a drink, and if those that put their face down in the water, send them home." Right. Nine thousand seven hundred put their face down. Yeah, in the they water. drank like horses. Yeah, and yeah. now three hundred men are going to face three hundred thousand. God said, "Now you'll know it wasn't you, it was me." Amen. And they yeah. light their pitch, pitch or their their torches. They blow their trumpets. The enemy's in disarray, and, and they fell. And the Jews ha- conquered their enemies against all odds. And this tank commander remembers that story, and it repeated itself in uh, June of 1967. How crazy! And the and the That's Syrians, amazing. The Syrians retreated, 
and in and the Jews, those twenty six tanks tr- cross the Jordan River, just like a stream up at that that stage, especially in the summer, water levels are low, and they wiped out like one hundred and seventy three of the uh, Syrian tanks in that battle, <laughs> and they took the Golan Heights, bombed the eucalyptus trees, flying under the radar, wiped out the military installations. Now they win the tank battle, twenty six against twenty six hundred. And that was the best thing that ever happened to Syria because they only lost a couple hundred tanks right. where the Egyptians are going to lose all theirs. So I don't think it was a dink up there, Pastor John. I no. think it was the hand of God doing exactly what he said. Though all the world fight against Israel, all who fight against Israel shall be cut to pieces. Now the big battle, wrap up uh, today's podcast with this. We're in the Sinai. 5,500 Egyptian tanks are coming against 2,500 Jewish tanks. And the Jews are dug in. And the command had come from Cairo to, uh, to, to, to advance, and then something happened. Every Israel, excuse me, every Egyptian tank engine turned off. Every Egyptian tank hatch opened up, and a tank of uh, people in the tank rose up and waved white flags. It's called the surrender in the Sinai. They surrendered. That's amazing. Not one shot was fired. A surrender. And the Egyptian leadership's freaking out. We, we commanded you to fight. We got them two to one. Uh, and, and yet they, they just surrendered. Sinai. Now, when, they, when they, the Jews didn't kill anybody, they didn't take anybody captive. They just took, uh, you know, gave them a hat and a bottle of water and some food. And I think they stripped them down to their boxer shorts <laughs> and let them walk home. And um, when they got home, they repainted were asked this the, question. Repainted the tanks and kept them. Yeah, well, they did. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they took yeah. those tanks. I know. <laughs> now there's, now there's, uh, se- there's 5,500 plus 2,500. It's 8,000 tanks that could have gone to Cairo with no resistance. Their air force is destroyed. Uh, their troops are, are captured. Uh, they have 8,000 tanks. And the United Nations intervened and said, war's over. But the Jews won. The enemies were cut to pieces. Now, here's the really cool thing. You're going to get goosebumps here, Pastor John. When they got back home, they're court-martialed. You, you surrendered. You were supposed to fight. Why did you surrender? Here's what they said. You weren't you, there. I wasn't there. You didn't None see of what I saw. <laughs> and those who were there, here's what they said. Yeah. We saw angels on the Israeli tanks, and we were fa- afraid to try to fight against God. That's what they said. They were there. That's what I said. You didn't see what we saw. So this is the really cool part of the story. I don't think you know this part of the story. Um, three summers ago, I'm in England, and my wife made me go to the War Museum, which was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm down on the I'm floor. Sure she broke your arm to get you uh, there. The London War Museum, and and off in the corner, this place is packed, and off in the corner is like nobody, and there's there's an Egyptian tank. And it caught my eye, and there were two guys standing over next to the Egyptian tank, and nobody else. And I, I went over. I, this was an Egyptian tank that was captured by the Israelis in the oh, wow. 67 war. And I'm like, wow. whoa, this is awesome. And I'm taking selfies with it, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm pumped, you know. That this, is, this is one of the tanks that was surrendered. And I was, I was emotional. I, I think I got a tear, and I'm, I'm saying little prayers, and I'm, I'm bubbling over and taking pictures and touching it. And, whoa, I'm reliving this whole story. And then I look over these two guys standing there. They're, they're emotional as well. And they watched me. We're only like 10 to 15 feet apart. Right. I went over to them. And I said, we seem to be grooving on this thing more than everybody else. And, I, and they said, why are you so excited? I said, well, I'm a Baptist preacher. And, I'm, you know, and I tell the story, the surrender in the Sinai. They say, you know about that? I said, yeah. 
And this guy with tears said to me, I was, I was a, a tank commander on the Jewish side. <laughs> I was there. He said, I saw this tank <laughs> surrender. He goes, but I didn't see the angels. The, the Egyptians saw the angels. The ones, he didn't. The ones that were supposed to see them saw them. And so here I am. I've been telling this story for 30 years. Dude, and I goosebumps. Meet, I meet this guy. Goosebumps. I meet this guy, and we have a moment together. And we, we, uh, he had, uh, said, uh, we said a little prayer together. And it, uh, he just said, I didn't see the angels. Because he knew I knew the story. Right, right. He said, but I'm glad they did. Now, here's a close for our, our podcast today. The Jews won that war miraculously in six days. They took five pieces of real estate. Number one, they took the Golan Heights from mm -hmm. Syria, which they still hold today. Yep. And Trump uh, said, that's yours. That's, that's yours. yours. That's yours. Yeah. And no other president would do that. And uh, number two, they took the Sinai from Egypt, which they gave back under the Camp David Accords. Number three, they took the um, Gaza Strip from Egypt, which is kind of they've given to the Palestinian, Palestinians for the land deal. Number four, they took the uh, the West Bank from Jordan, not from the Palestinians, right. from Jordan. And they, um, and number five, exactly what Jesus said would happen. The Jews came home June 10th, 1967, to the holy city, Jerusalem. And the prophets said, when they come home, no one will ever drive them from the land. But they're hated. And the nations are uniting against them. And the Antichrist, the Bible teaches, will set up his world headquarters. He knows the capital of the Amen. world is not Rome. He knows the capital of the world is not New York City or Washington, It's Jerusalem. It's Jerusalem. And that his temple will be rebuilt there yeah. on that site. And so, man, here we are in the last days. The nations are aligned. The Jews are home. Jerusalem is retaken. The, the hardware is here. The software is here. The technology. And the world is filled with violence as the days of Noah, as the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's all here. Jesus is coming, Johnny, and we win. We win. We win. God bless you, brother. I love the way you <clears throat> brought it together. Um, I told the story once or twice before. I didn't know. Well, well, I didn't. I didn't know that you saw the tank. Now I knew about uh, um, the surrender. Uh, the surrender. Yeah, I knew that they saw the angels and they went back. That's why I said you didn't. You didn't see what I saw because uh, they go back and they're like, we're, "No, we're not fighting that." Can you? But but also think about this. Can you imagine how intimidating the angels of God? Because 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 they're cherubims. You know, they're not seraphims. Seraphims are, are angels that worship God. They're not God. little cupids. Uh, little yeah, they're not little, right, right. With wings. Right, right. These are, these are cherubims, which are. Like Green Beret. In the they're warrior world. angels. The yeah. cherubims are. And so when you see a cherubim angel, you go, oh, yeah, I'd surrender. I'm not. How, the Egyptians oh, surrendered on the spot without a fight. Not a fight. Nothing. Not, no fight at all. Got to go home. And that's the God <laughs> who sits on the throne and holds in his hand the hearts of kings. When I turn on the news, I don't like what I see. I love America, and I'm saddened by what I see. But you know what? God's got in his hand the heart of Amen. the kings. Amen. And we don't win because we're Republican or win because we're Democrat or, or win because we're communist. We win because we're Christians. Amen. Jesus is the victor. His kingdom yeah. is coming. His will will be done on earth. Yeah. Christian, Christians man. being Christ followers, yeah. very specific. Uh, so many people take the title Christians and they don't even know what it means, but Hey man, God bless you. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me on John. Ah, dude, yeah, you'll be back. You'll be back. Hey guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on according to John. 
And uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, this podcast. You learned something. Uh, you were able to put some things together. You see the importance of Israel. You see the need for us to stand with Israel because God stands with them. And God's made it clear. If you want to be blessed, you have to bless Israel. I hope you enjoyed it. Learn something from it. If you like it, hit like, subscribe, follow, share it with someone you know. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Great job, baby.